This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. And I will tell you, all day long, I've been waiting for one thing, and that's to speak with Dr. Myron Roll. He is absolutely the favorite client I've ever had when I was with a man named Lee Steinberg, Sports Entertainment. People ask me all the time. They think it's Warren Moon. They think it's Troy Aikman. They think it's Steve Young. But I will tell you, I love this kid so much. When I met him, I wanted to adopt him. Uh, He is an incredible human being. And it's no surprise that he's sitting here a decade later with me, Dr. Myron Roll, a neurosurgeon. He's an author. He's a former NFL player, uh, went to Oxford, and I got to live some of that journey at the beginning with him. And I just want to give my heartfelt welcome to one of the most incredible human beings I've ever met. And I mean that, Dr. Myron Roll. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it, man. That means a lot. We go we go way back and uh, you were instrumental in starting this journey off. So I appreciate you. I really do. My whole family does. Well, vice versa. And uh, now that I'm a father of four and have my own son, who's the youngest, I think of all the time and have him look at what is possible. And I have a saying, Myron, that I think of when I think of you, I said, uh, you know, if you want to be great, it will start with hard. Uh, but if you want to be amazing, like Dr. Myron Roll, it starts with the impossible. And uh, a lot of people uh, thought your journey would be impossible to go to Oxford, uh, to be a professional football player, and eventually be a neurosurgeon, and now an author of an inspirational book to help people utilize what I think are the three characteristic of energy, how to aggregate good behavior, how to get the exponential outcomes from that behavior, and how to accelerate that behavior to the outcomes that you think you want are better. And that's how I see your new book, The 2% Way. We have a lot of 1% books, but there's no doubt if anyone's going to write the 2% book, it's going to be you. The 2% Way, how a philosophy of small improvements took you to Oxford, the NFL, and neurosurgery. Uh, What inspired you to share that methodology or philosophy that you've had I've known this kid. He's had it since high school when he was the number one recruited high school player in the country. You had this discipline about getting incrementally better every single day. That's absolutely right, Dave. You know, I um, it was actually sitting after a long call day um, in the operating room, came home, didn't feel like getting up to my apartment yet. So I was sitting in the, the lobby of our downtown Boston uh, high rise. And uh, I was talking to my wife, Latoya. And she was like, you know, Myron, there are a lot of people who come up to you and say you've inspired them. Your story inspires them. You read books like Gifted Hands by Ben Carson when you were younger. You read about Kofi Annan, Nelson Mandela, Malcolm X, Booker T. Washington. You read about these people. They inspired you to do more. And why don't you put your story on paper and do the same? And I said, Latoya, nobody wants to hear from a third year neurosurgery resident up in Boston. It's like cold. It's, you know, it's wet in Boston. I was like, I don't know if anyone's here about me anymore. I'm done playing. You know, I'm sort of old news. And she says, no, look, I think you have an opportunity to inspire, to motivate, to share who you really are. I think people can see it from the outside of your accomplishments, but now you get to dive deep with your own words, you writing and using the pen to speak about your struggles, your uncertainty, because a lot of your story is relatable to the everyday person. You know, maybe they might not be able to accomplish being a road scholar or an NFL player or a neurosurgeon, but they have to go through feeling uncertain, 
about uh, your stat, your stature, your station in life, feeling a little bit like an outcast, feeling a bit different than the people around you, dealing with social pressures, dealing with racism or prejudice, uh, dealing with pressure, you know, feeling like expectations and letting people down because you don't um, maximize your ability in a certain moment, you may lose, you may fall, and how do you get back up from those, those losses? So the 2% way, you know, really was just about those incremental small growth, so small wins that I did every single day, and how I use that to propel my journey forward, to be a better version of myself the next day, and the next day, and the next day, not feel like I had to win um, you know, the, the, the race or change the world or, you know, cure cancer in 24 hours, I could take these small steps, these small incremental growths towards being, you know, the leader I wanted to be and the leader I, I needed to be the difference maker I want to be in my personal life, my professional life, my spiritual life. And I've seen that ethos work itself out and play itself out in a good fashion in my life. And I wanted to share that story with, with readers. And um, so far it's been received quite well. And I can imagine it will be as well. And I remember sitting with uh, Jeremiah Donati, my head agent at Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, who's now the athletic director at TCU. And uh, when we came back from Oxford uh, and you were being drafted, uh, Jeremiah was really concerned. And he's like, I don't know if Myron's not a first round draft pick, how he's going to handle the first setback uh, of his football career where he's not touted the best uh, He's one of the best, but if he's not touted the best, how will we handle it? And I said, there's certain mindsets I know. A young man who would ask me while we're in London, query, uh, Mr. Meltzer, just so interested in everything. I said, it'll probably be, I don't wish it on him, but it'll probably be one of the best things that happens to him if he doesn't always get what he wants. Uh, no matter how hard you work, uh, there's always someone better. Uh, and we just look in to be our best. When in your career did that realization or reconciliation come about that you felt like, I don't have to be the best at everything. I don't have to be a road scholar. I don't have to be the number one pick in the draft. I don't have to be the number one player in the NFL. Um, I just have to be the best that I can be. Was there a transition in, in your life where you started letting off the pressure without giving up the gas? Right. There's a difference, right? Get, get, getting rid of the pressure, but still keeping your foot. Because this guy, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, nobody keeps their foot on the gas like Myron Roll. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you hit it absolutely correct. Uh, that moment, that was the moment, you know, when I did not get drafted in the first round. Uh, you know the story, Dave. You know, I was an All-American at FSU and projected really high and decided to go to Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar, uh, which... NFL teams and GMs and scouts were saying what hurt me. They said I wasn't serious about football. I didn't care about football. If something happened while I was playing, I would just get up and leave. Whereas another player who only had football was going to run through a wall five, six, seven times to make it. But me, I had other options. I could be president. I could be a doctor. I could be a politician of some other sort. I can do other things. And so that stigma stayed with me and I understood it. And that, I think, really... Um, you know, facilitated my precipitous fall down to the sixth round being the last pick or 207th pick in the sixth round. It was, uh, it was quite difficult to, to reconcile that defeat, that loss. I just, I was, um, 
I excelled at every aspect of my life before then, school, sports, community. I had, you know, people who supported me all the time. Now people are doubting me. Now people are saying, well, maybe you're not as good as we thought you were, or, you know, you're not playing as long as you wanted to. And so your dream is not coming to fruition as it was. And so I think in that moment is when I realized, look, I need to focus back on the fundamentals of who I truly am. Football is something I love to do, but it's not who I am. It doesn't describe me. It doesn't it doesn't move me. And, and if I lose it, I lose my identity. I'm still Myron Roll, son of Whitney and Beverly, son of immigrant parents from the Bahamas, who's got a great mind and wants to be a great leader and still has a plan to go and save lives and change lives as a neurosurgeon. Now, let's pick up the pen and start that journey going forward. And so I think that moment was the pivot, the change for me. It allowed me to realize you don't have to be number one at everything. You just have to give it your all. And if it doesn't work, then there are other avenues for you. And something else that I really sort of put in my mind was God stopped that door for me playing eight, nine, 10 years in the NFL, maybe for a good reason, right? Maybe to keep my hands healthy so I can go and do brain surgery and spine surgery and save someone's life. I did two brain surgeries today and patients will go home tomorrow and they're saved and cured. It was fantastic. If my hands weren't working well because I damaged them playing football, I wouldn't be able to do it. If I had chronic traumatic encephalopathy or multiple concussions while I was playing for 10, 15 years, would I be able to think cognitively through some of our more complex cases and help patients in this manner? So I think the answer is no. And so when the doors close, another one opens. And I, I took that to heart and, and uh, began that next chapter of my life into medicine. Yeah, it's interesting that the one thing that we truly share uh, is the vulnerability of protection and promotion when things don't work out the way that we hope that they would. Uh, and for me, when I lost everything, Ironically, when people ask me, that was the moment of protection and promotion for me that I didn't even realize the trajectory I was on and the people I had surround myself with and the, you know, the loss of the values that my mom uh, taught me the same way that your wonderful parents taught you and had you live uh, with those values and daily practices that made Dr. Myron Roll who he is and who he will be. Now, I want to get into the book a little bit because I love consistent, persistent pursuit. That's, I love to enjoy it. I, I have utilized my obsessive compulsive personality in order to effectuate good behavior and finding my skills and my knowledge, my highest basement to create the greatest Delta for everyone else to have that impact that you have in surgery. I'm able to have on stages and other places on earth that I never thought when you met me that I would have so many shows and stages, uh, how important is it to enjoy the consistency and how important it is to be inconsistent if you want to achieve your best? Yeah, it's so important. I find the 2% way taking those small steps of consistent uh, growth uh, as, as a very strategic and key way uh, to love the process and enjoy it while you do it and, do, and don't overburden or overwhelm yourself. I think, especially for younger people uh, who read my book and who listen to us uh, in, in this talk, you know, they'll say, well, now I look to the left, I look to the right, and I see people on Twitter and Instagram, social media around me, seeming like they're getting it all today, like seeming like they're just flying high and doing all these things. But you don't know what's in their life. You don't know that facade that they may be putting up. You don't know if that's even real. What you do know is your life, taking those small steps and winning every day. There's something neuroscientific about it too, right? If you are able to feel that goodness of accomplishing one thing today or getting a little bit better today, then your limbic lobe, 
which is important for your reward circuitry and your brain releases endorphins, releases these hormones that make you feel good, releases dopamine that says, oh, I, I did good. I feel good. It, it charges you up from a chemical and from a neuroscientific standpoint. So not only is it fundamentally for a strategic point of view, strong and right and structured and formulaic to do it in that respect, but it also has a benefit to your own body. It makes you, it charges you up, juices you up, makes you feel good, makes you excited about attacking the next day, feeling good that you have an opportunity to get better every day. Every day is a blessing, you know, and in, in medicine, I see it all the time. You know, neurosurgery, a lot of times life and death and I'm around it often. So I'm very honored to be here every day, to have a chance to be a dad, to be a husband, uh, to be a, a healer, uh, to be a thinker, a friend, a mentor, and now an author. And so it's, um, you know, I, I, I want to uh, seize every single moment. And um, I encourage people who read my book, and you'll find that in 2% way. Uh, that's, a, that's a step. Those are the steps. And for decades, you've had really strong philosophies that have geared you as a framework uh, to that incremental success and the enjoyment of the process, combined now with scientific proof and uh, knowledge of that. I call the, the dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins as a non-medical scholar uh, like you, do God's doggy biscuit. I, I always say, if I'm doing something properly, if I'm in alignment with my values and good behavior, God is telling me, hey, for example, like giving, here's some dopamine, here's some serotonin, and here when you receive, here's some more of that. But when I'm in the wrong alignment, when I'm interfering with God or source or whatever you believe in, then I get cortisol and that causes inflammation and dis-ease. And I've really uh, focused in on what puts me at ease because then I can access the source and what puts me at dis-ease interfering with my potential. Uh, for you, we've talked about the proper behaviors and the incremental process and enjoyment of, but I also wanna talk about what people do most to interfere with their potential. Everyone has the potential, they have different basements of different skills, knowledge, and desire. What do you think the most common thing that people do to interfere with that 2%, to interfere with the consistent behavior that gives them the exponential, accelerated, aggregated results? I think it's some of the things that we're blessed with that help us. Some of our best features can be some of our worst enemies. It's our eyes, it's our ears, it's our our, our minds, it's our mouths, it's the things that give us access to the world, allow us to connect to people and allow us to do beautiful things. We get distracted. I think the biggest challenge is the distractions that plague uh, our, our journey. Distractions from you know who you need to be as a leader, as a thinker, as a mother, father, son, brother, friend, whatever it may be. Getting off the focal point of your plan, your goal, whether it be a diet you want to achieve or being more punctual or being more communicative or being, you know, a better team leader in your workspace or, uh, you know, achieving a certain, you know, metric that uh, you've, you've placed for yourself, whether it be in your vocation or whether it be in your personal life, praying more, whatever it can be, it's easy to get distracted or sidetracked by allowing your eyes to wander, right? The Bible talks about um, you need to guard your hearing, guard your seeing, guard your mouth, right? Death and life lives in the in the tongue, right? So you're thinking about these things that give you the opportunity to do beautiful things in the world, but then it also can move you away off the points uh, where you ought to be. And so the 2% way, knowing it, focusing on it, committing to it, having a, a, a relationship and sort of uh, accountability buddy to check in on you often, 
You say, look, hey, Myron, you're doing well. Hey, Myron, you know, you didn't get 2% today. You know, you got, you, you sort of took a day off. Let's get back on track tomorrow. And then also thinking about it as writing down the progress I made in a month, six months, a year, that ability to use uh, your, you know, uh, 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 you know, your, your motor pathway uh, to function at a level where your high cognitive skills are saying, I need to write something on a paper. I'm going to remember it with my eyes. I'm going to do the motion of writing something down. I'm going to either cross it off or check it or whatever the case may be. All of that accumulates into your corporal material body to let you know that you are you're doing something, you're putting something into the world uh, and, and you are making a, a difference in your life and making a change. And so uh, to answer your question, distractions, distractions, distractions often come the 2% way, I think quiets the background noise and allows you to stay focused on who you need to be, who you ought to be. I love that accelerating on the trajectory of where you want to be or better. Uh, last question, Dr. Myron Roll. Um, knowing you years ago, I would say that you had a well-developed plan. And I always love to say that if you want to make God laugh, come up with a well-developed plan now that you have an extraordinary family community you've achieved so much in so many different ways you save lives i mean healing must be the greatest gift uh, in someone like your hands much better than picking off passes i'm telling you and uh, that purpose has not gone past me and i'm so grateful that your purpose is being fulfilled in that manner um but i would love to know looking back What's the one thing you would tell that 21-year-old that I met, uh, knowing what you know now about family and faith and finance and education uh, with your situational knowledge and experience that you've had? What's the, the one lesson, if we could go back when we were sitting there in London together, what would you like to teach that young Dr. Myron Roll with all the aspirations and dreams that you had? Ah, uh, it's a great question, Dave. You know, I would think that the part of me, which I feel I didn't really walk into until I felt comfortable uh, with my journey was that advocacy aspect, that um, the willingness of someone like Colin Kaepernick to put his career on the line, to stand up for something he believed in. I had a lot of these thoughts in my head, a lot of these thoughts in my mind around foster kids, around underserved children uh, in, in disadvantaged and marginalized communities, around healthcare disparities. They were in my mind, they were floating there, but I sort of felt that if I didn't speak about cover two blitz packages and my ability to high point the football and run down and, and smack somebody in the face, um, you know, uh, off a kickoff return, then, you know, I wouldn't be seen as an all in football player. And so I think at the time uh, I was hiding away from that, that civil side of me, that social justice side of me that I now take very seriously. I know I have a platform. I know I have eyes on me. I know I have a book that I wrote that people can look at and draw inspiration from it. I wanna walk in the same vein as these leaders who have inspired me when I was younger. I'm taking up that mantle now, but then I think it would have been a good time to use the platform of the NFL when they were putting the mic in front of my face to talk about how are we gonna handle Christian Ponder or Peyton Manning or on you know on the Sunday, Saturdays and Sundays. Well, you know, that's great. We're gonna handle them well, but I also want to draw your attention to something that was happening where you know diabetes medications is way astronomically too high for people who are underserved in marginalized communities. How can we address that? How can we 
rally our resources around fixing that issue. So I think that's what I would tell a young Myron. And uh, I think he would listen. I think he would listen. <laughs> yeah, well, I will tell you this with all the athletes that I've represented over the years and companies and brands from Clemente to Jackie Robinson, uh, we saw that in you, but we all know at a young age that we have to go through conformity to express our genius, which is expression of God. And uh, I know that as a physical being, you are one of the greatest expressions of God that I've ever met. And I love your family so much that I didn't follow through with my adoption proposal because me and my wife, we wanted to adopt uh, Myron. I did put one in for Monique Billings, by the way, uh, not only because she's an extraordinary person like you, but she's also a lot taller than you. So I was going to change the genetic chain of the Meltzer family. No more average five foot four in my family. We were going big with Monique Billings. And if you wanna go big, you gotta think big, you gotta feel big, you gotta believe big. And that's what this book is about. Uh, doing, saying, thinking, believing, feeling in the trajectory of what you wanna do every day to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your own potential. You don't gotta be a Harvard neurosurgeon. You don't gotta be an NFL star and you definitely don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar to contribute to our great community and our great country and even the world. But we sure love having iconic heroes like the young Dr. Myron Roll. I can tell you I've waited all day for this and you didn't let me down again. You never have, my friend. Please just promise me you'll keep in touch and give your entire family a huge Dr. Myron Roll hug for me. Everyone, trust me, go out buy this book. It's a Napoleon Hill incredible book. It's from Eckhart Tolle to Napoleon Hill to Dr. Wayne Dyer. If you want to change your life, these, even if you're young, these will plant seeds under trees that you will never sit under, but I promise you it will change your life for the better. That's the type of person Dr. Myron Roll is. It's called the 2% way, how a philosophy of small improvements took me to Oxford, the NFL, and neurosurgery. Once again, Thank you so much, my friend, the incredible Dr. Myron Roll. Thank you for joining me. Dave, thank you so much, man. Uh, you're the man. You've always been the man. And uh, it was great meeting you uh, that long time ago. And, you know, you've been, um, you know, such a strong force to me and my family. And uh, it feels great to reconnect with you on this kind of platform. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you too. You got it here. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.